Well, hello and welcome to this episode of In the Growth Space. My name is David McGlennon and I'm really grateful that you're joining me here today. You know, I'm really excited for this episode because I get to share a fresh growth story with you from someone who's actually been on the podcast before. But before we get into that conversation and before I tell you about our guest today, I want to share with you that our Inner Circle Summit registration is now open. And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I hold an annual summit here in the Pittsburgh area because our inner circle groups um, meet virtually throughout the year. And really, this gives us an opportunity to gather together in person. And we actually open up the summit to the public as well, because honestly, we just want to share the amazing benefits of having an inner circle group and, and really be able to allow others to experience that as well. You know, there will be leaders from all kinds of industries and at every level of leadership. And so this year, we're going to really change up how we're running the day. Um, You know, too often, we don't take time to really slow down and think about our goals and think about our challenges and and take time to hear new ways of, of being. So this year, the Inner Circle Summit is going to be a day for you to get away, uh, eat some great food, um, meet some amazing leaders from quite literally all around the world. And our theme this year is being well and leading well, because honestly, if we're not being well, we're not going to be able to lead well. Now, we'll put the link to register uh, in the show notes, but if you go to davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022, you'll be able to learn all about it and uh, get registered. All right. So for today's guest, I have always said here on the podcast, our goal is to help listeners really move forward with their growth in whatever area of life they're focused on. And some of some of our listeners are, are focused on their business and their team. Um, some are, are, are focused on their career and, and even some are, are focused on their personal financial life or their spiritual life. Every episode, we probably give you uh, the opportunity to, to, to think into and grow in, in any one of those areas. And today's guest is, uh, as I mentioned, a, a return guest, and her name is Camille Thomas. Camille is uh, a retired Air Force veteran, and she's also the author of two books. She's an editor and a writer. And as a matter of fact, the story that I've asked her to share today uh, revolves around her becoming an author. And so I don't want to waste any more time with the intro. So Camille, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Camille, welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you back again. I, I you're, This is your second time here. It is, and I'm excited as well. I had fun the first time, and I'm sure yeah. this will be the same. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. You know, um, this podcast is really about helping to share people's journeys of growth. Um, I, I know I focus a lot on on personal growth and and, and business growth and um, and team growth, um, and and. Today's conversation, I think, probably is going to be centered a lot more around personal growth um, from from what I what I'm gathering. Um, but tell us. So f- first of all, you you were on a, a trip this this summer, 
And um, it, it seems to me like this year has been a really big year for growth for you and a journey of growth. And so tell me a little bit about that journey of growth and, and the trip that you went on. Absolutely. So yes, it has been a tremendous year of growth for me in so many different ways, been pulled and, you know, had to really trust myself, trust my mentors, trust my coaches, um, that they saw something in me that maybe I didn't see myself at first mm. and um, tap into some of the potential that I had. And as we talked about before, I recently retired from the Air Force. So I did 25 years in the Air Force yeah. and decided that I wasn't going to go get a good you know, government job or a corporate <laughs> job, but I was going to step out on faith and I was going to do my thing. Yeah. And uh, what that was, was speaking, training and coaching, which I was really, really good at. And um, then something shifted. And so I went into writing. I began writing. And this trip came about, and I'll kind of do a shortcut here, yeah. um, but a trip came about because in late 2020, right before I was, right after my, I guess, retirement ceremony, but right before official retirement, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, um, do you know any ghostwriters? And uh, so I went, I was I like, um, no, but you know, I can find out a few. I was going to go on Fiverr. I'll be honest. I was going to go on Fiverr. <laughs> And um, so we got to talking and then she goes, um, well, God told me you can write my book. Oh, and wow. I said, hmm, well, God didn't tell me. I was like, oh, yeah. hold on. So yeah. she says, well, I know you can and just pray about it and let me know, hmm. you know, if you'll do it. But I know you can do it. I said, why would you trust me with your life story? Hmm. She said, well, I know I had done two anthologies before. And she said, um, and I see your Facebook posts all the time and you write wow. so well. And um, I really believe you can write my book. <laughs> so I felt the resounding yes on the inside. Yeah. And uh, I called her back the next day and I said, you know what? The answer is yes. <laughs> and so she's like, great. So she and I began working together and writing her book, her story. And just a little bit of background. She's a former refugee from South Sudan. So she came over here in the 90s and she um, went through a lot of cultural norms here in the United States amongst getting married at 14. Her family arranged a marriage for her here in America at 14. Wow. And so she fought her cultural norms and traditions to say, this is not what I want. But of course, a 14 year old girl, you know, in a new country mm -hmm. uh, with her family, the, the tradition very strong, uh, didn't go over very well. So she stuff, suffered a lot of um, family violence, domestic violence. Mm. Um, she found a way to get out of that marriage, but mm. it cost her in terms of she had to marry someone else, became a teen mom and fought oh. for her education. Um, in the meantime, she didn't want to be a stay at home mom and just, you know, do the same things that her parents did. And so she put herself through school, high school. She graduated, mm. put herself through nursing school. Wow. Found a way to get her student loans paid off by joining the army. Yeah. And she was actually the first South Sudanese commissioned officer, female commissioned officer in the United States Army. Wow. And so um, she went, you know, and did her thing. And then she went to war, went to Afghanistan, um, suffered an injury there, a brain injury. Mm -hmm. And um, it caused a lot of issues as well as she was going through relationship issues and such, um, making it very short. Um, she ended up getting out of the army. Uh, they medically retired her because of her injuries. Sure. And um, then she decided to do something different. She was going through a divorce. 
got out of debt, did the Dave Ramsey. So she was showcased on there. Um, end up doing Good Morning America, CBS, all this stuff about her debt-free journey while we're doing this book. Wow. And so we launched the book May 1st of 2021. And um, it was an amazing time, you know, sales were good and everything. But then we decided to do, um, actually someone who read it said, will you guys come to East Africa? We'll sponsor you to come to South Sudan. And once yeah. that was out, there was different um, organizations, usually student unions, um, South Sudanese communities in different countries that said, hey, if you go there, can you come here as well? So yeah. we scheduled a six country, seven city book tour, East African book tour oh uh, to promote her book. And it's called I Am My Mother's Wildest Dream. Uh, and so it did so well, so well. And it just caught on like wildfire. And that's how... I um, became a part of it because, of course, I'm a you know part writer and editor, and um, we're very good friends. We've this journey has brought us closer in so many ways that I can't even imagine. I, I could never imagine, and it afforded me the opportunity to go on this tour with her hmm. and speak to the people and hear the stories and the cries and you know hmm. see what they were actually going through. And yeah, so it was very, very. I'm, I feel overwhelmingly blessed to be able to have been a part of this project. That's really, really cool, Camille. Had you been to Africa before? No. Oh, wow. So that <laughs> that in and of itself, going to the, the continent would have been just a, an amazing experience in and of itself, but you, let alone going and, and hearing the stories and, and, and being a part of this this book tour was got to be just amazing. Wow. That's pretty Absolutely. Neat. It's called, the book was I Am My Mother's Wildest Dream, but in saying yes to this project, um, I was able to live out my own dream and go into Africa and experiencing it the way that I did. You know, it's one thing to just go on vacation, right. but to really be able to, to immerse yourself in a culture or really talk to the people and hear, that was a totally different experience and one that I've prayed to do for mm -hmm. a long time, long time. That's amazing. How, how long were you there? Because I think you were there for what, six weeks or... Six weeks, a little over six weeks. Yes. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. So total immersion is kind of like uh, the, the the way to experience anything, right? So you were able to really get yourself immersed in the culture and in the with the people. And I, I think that's amazing. I, I, I want to go back, though, for just a second, because there was you talked about making a change when uh, when your friend asked you to to write the, the book. And, and you, you went from being a coach and a trainer and a speaker to essentially saying yourself, I'm a writer. And you know, as well as I do, anything we, we say after I am, you know, is, is our identity. And so how did you make that switch? It was difficult um, because I, didn't, I still didn't see myself as a writer. I've always written programs, curriculum, you know, speeches, all that stuff while I was in the military. But mm -hmm. I just chalked it up as a part of my job, my extra, you know, something to give back to the military. I didn't have to do it, but um, I would do it and I would do it well. I'll, I'll just say yeah. I'll do it well. Yeah. And so um, my my background, college background in psychology, human resources, a lot of papers, lots of papers. So mm -hmm. I wrote a lot but I never looked at it as something that I could do as a profession. Uh, so after I wrote this book, actually I was transitioning. Like I said, I had finally made the official retirement you know, date and I was on a 
Zoom with Mike Kim, who is marketing, yeah. you know, a strategist, expert, branding expert. And I saw him the way he was taking people's stories in five minutes and creating these stories. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I do that all the time, just, you know, in, in my mind. And he was launching his book, You Are the Brand. And I just took that because I wanted to win that vision retreat. So I took that book and I was creating all kinds of stuff and doing the spirit of opulence with the You Are the Brand or whatever. And I didn't win. Didn't read the rules and I didn't win. So long story short, because we're, you know, team ambassadors for the Empowered Living community, um, we were afforded the opportunity to have a mastermind with him Mm -hmm. one-on-one. So it was like 12 or 13 of us, something like that, maybe 16. And I came on late, came on late, but he was like, you know, I know time's almost up, but I'm going to give you guys a few more minutes if you want, you know, I'm here as long as you want. So I began asking questions about you are the brand. Cause everybody's like, Oh, we know you have some questions. I said, yes. And he asked me what I did and what was making me money. Cause I told him I was transitioning. So he said, what is making you money? And I said, well, nothing really. I don't really have an income other than my pension. And, um, he said, well, what has made you money? More more money speaking. I said, well, I wrote a book and I made some pretty good money from that. And so he goes, well, then write. And mm-hmm. I was like, so but I'm really that. a speaker, trainer, and coach. That's what I've been doing for years. And I'm yeah. really good at it. He goes, mm, but that's not where the money is. Your your gifts basically will show you, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're, you're making money. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you're much like me. I can see that. If you'll commit to writing for two to three years, I promise you, he was like, and he said something to me, become a collaborator, not a competitor. He said, there's so many speaker trainers and coaches out there, but if you can help somebody get what they want, you know, we've all heard it, then they'll help you. They'll invite you on the stage to speak because you still have that skill. Hmm. And so again, I said, in my mind, I don't pray, but I don't know about this and pray about it, but yes. (laughs) And so I talked to Paul, who is my other coach, and Paul agreed. And he put me to the test and said, if you think you're good, give me something. Mm. And I did. And after that, things just completely took off. Um, It was their confidence in me that Mm. really helped me to tap into, they they challenged me with a couple of things. To tap into my potential and really say, am I gifted? And Paul said, you know, I said, I have writer's block. He said, do you think you're gifted? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, where do you think you got that gift from? I didn't say it just like that. I thought about it for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, where do you think you got that gift from? I said, from God. So you're just going to throw it back in his face and tell him you don't want it. And I'm like, wait, no, no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I could just hear well, Paul saying that meant, too. <laughs> you know? So he said, you have 24 hours to give me, you know, something and I'll be waiting. And I think it was 24 hours and three minutes, but I did it. <laughs> Uh, I did it. And his response and the response of some other people really lit a fire in me that says, okay, because at the time the book was doing well, it was circulating, but you know, it was, you know how books do. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, but this gave me another level of confidence. And so I, I listened to those two people. Mm -hmm. I trusted them because honestly, I had nothing to lose. I had no job. You know, I my pension covered my house and all my bills, and I had saved up a little bit of money, you know, while I was in the military. So I was okay. Sure. I wasn't pressed to to have a job. I had paid off my debt. So it really gave me the flexibility to not jump into something out of desperation, mm-hmm. but to really find out what I was good at. 
And it was easier for me without all of the strain of that, you know, finances and things like that, um, to be able to listen to them and act on it. And so that's how that transition happened. There, there's so many lessons there, and I, I hope for for those of you who are, are watching or, or, or listening, can can pick up on on a couple of things that I just want to point out. Um, because Camille, you did a couple of things that, that I think are really key to any growth journey, and that is first and foremost, you surrounded yourself with people who you could rely on and help speak into your life, and then also they were able to see things that you couldn't see yourself. And and I think that a lot of us forget that, that we need other people to see what we don't see and help believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves yet. I, I know that I had that myself as well. And I think that most, especially emerging leaders, need to realize that they they need to surround themselves with people who see what they don't see and can believe in them before they believe in themselves. Because I think those are the two things that I heard in that story that really set you off on your own growth journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if this will be my life if I didn't have the people around me that, because all the rest of the people that I grew up with and even in the military, the next logical step after, <laughs> this is weird to say this, but to, after you retire is to get that good government job, you know, yeah, get into sure. the system, get a contracting job. And it's not really a popular thing to do to step out on your own. Something, you know, I did the same job. I was aircraft maintenance for 25 years. Wow. I could have got jobs in a lot of places. Um, I did resilience for a long time and I had our job opportunities and offers there. And it took everything in me to take a chance on myself and mm. say, I don't care what they're saying. I feel a pull to do something different. It may not make sense to any, because everybody's like, girl, what are you doing? Like, yeah, do you yeah. even get paid? Do you? And I'm like, yeah. I hope, you know, I plan on it, you know, one day, but, um, and it took, it took so much Mm -hmm. for me to step out and Mm -hmm. take that chance, you know, take a chance on myself and also to be patient with the process. Um, that, because it was a year long journey that I didn't really have a job, a job or a title or, you know, whatever I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And (laughs) so, um, yeah, so I had to be patient with that process. And I had to remember that, you know, I guess I get it in a way I never have before, but everything worth having is worth the wait. Yeah. And gosh, it was so a process good. I had to go through. Mm-hmm. And if I would have done it prematurely, I don't think the outcome would have been the same. Mm-hmm. I had to connect with certain people. I had to be in alignment with my purpose. I had to build confidence I had to build skills and um, that wasn't an overnight thing. I could have messed it up if I got impatient with the process and said, I'm just going to go get this job or I'm going to do whatever. Um, To look back and think of all the things that have transpired over the years and what I would have missed. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So. Well, in, in that time when you were actually going through the process, because 
Nobody likes to talk about that. That's the, that's the hard part, right? So when you're going through the process of figuring things out, what was that like? Because you had to have an, an element of self-discipline. You had to have an element of trying things and, and working things out. I guess just tell us a little bit about like what that was like. Absolutely. It was um, it was difficult at times. But like you said, I surrounded myself with people who were on the same growth journey. Mm. Uh, we may have been at different levels, but we we're on the same trajectory. Yeah. And that was so important because so many people reached back and was like, we see something in you. Like, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, you know, mm. when I was frustrated, there were people that just called and said, you know, I'm feeling something. Let me pray with you. You know, mm. you have what it takes. Don't let anybody tell you. And there were so many people that told me that. Like, mm. they really good. poured into me. And it's a community that is not jealous. There's no jealous spirits. They're no mm-hmm. trying to sabotage and tear you down. It was nothing but pure love. And I think that that carried me through. It really did. Because as I was transitioning, I realized that although I was a good writer, you know, in this part of the transition, although I was a good writer, I was not formally trained. And so what do I need to know to be better at my game? Mm. So I took, you know, some money. I invested in some programs. I took courses online. I bought a bunch of books, you know, marketing <laughs> books, branding books, writing books. I have this little book. It's called The Little Red Writing Writing Book. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. You know, to make sure that the product that I gave my clients was the best that I can give them. Yeah. And that it wasn't just because there was a su- success with one book that I thought I was just an expert and I could write to everything. That That's yeah. not how it happened. Hmm. So I had to do a lot of investing. And I had to do a lot of investing in coaching because at times, I won't lie, my confidence waned Sure. because this was something totally new. How do I convince people that I can do this? You know, Mm -hmm. and I was doing websites as well. So I took some time and I learned different programs and how to work them. And um, I looked at messaging and I looked at all of these things. So while I didn't have a job, I was really a full time student of you know, my coaches, I was a full-time student of different thought leaders. I was a full-time student in the industry that I was working towards, you know, becoming better in. So I didn't have a lot of idle time. Um, I took that time and I immersed myself in learning the trade and the industry that I was, you know, aspiring to go into. And it was difficult at times and I wanted to give up at times, but really having people that pulled me through. They didn't even know it a lot of times, but it would be one word where I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> this is just not for me. I can go in and do what I know to do that I've been doing for years. I know it like the back of my hand, but there was that thing in my gut too that says, no, you can't go back. You can't go back. I'm taking you in another direction and those doors will be open and then somebody would come and confirm that for me. And I'm like, mm. okay, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, that, that's so key. I think in this process of, of changing, of developing, of learning, you, you have to do a couple of things that you did and that is invest. You have to invest in your learning. You have to invest in coaching and you have to invest in community because the, the coaching helps you to pull, helps to pull out of you 
what maybe you're not aware of at the moment. And that community then helps to build you up and to continue to support you when you're feeling, you know, that I call it being discombobulated. It's like, I, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm anywhere. I, I can't get my footing. And I think that those several things that you did were really key to growth and to being who you are today and that transformation process. And I, I, I just love that. I, I love that story. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. And the investment, the, that was a scary thing. I had sure. never invested as much money as I have over the last year in mm. any program <laughs> or myself yeah. and without a job. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's like, how in the world can you afford this? And I was like, I don't know. It just seems like when I invest in it, money just comes. I don't know. People, I mean, like it was just coming and I never missed a meal. I never missed a, a bill, mm. you know, my, my house or anything like that. Never couldn't do anything or go on a trip or fill up my gas tank or take care yeah. of my daughters or anything. I never missed a beat. Amazing. And I was like, I, I don't know, but every time I do, it comes back to me. And so that investment though, I have in turn over the last you know year, um, that investment has paid dividends, mm -hmm. dividends oh, yeah. in my life. And not just financially, but financially too. Um, I've gotten back what I've invested and some, and um, but it has paid me back in ways that I never could have imagined in mm. personal growth. I'm not mm. the same person I was just a year ago. Yeah. I'm still Camille, you know, yeah. I still like yeah. things and all that, but my thought process, the way I deal with people, the way mm -hmm. I talk to people, um, yeah. the way I take chances, you know, uh, not just risks or whatever, but I take chances, how I uh, speak things into existence, knowing that I can create things. Yeah. And on this tour, I tell you everything that if I've never manifested anything before, and I have yeah. on this tour, me and my friend, she's of the same mindset. Everything we asked for came to us. Really? From meeting people to going places to wanting things. We would sit out on the balcony and just talk about all the plans that we would have. And we would get a phone call within minutes or hours saying, mm -hmm. hey, we want to do this. And I'm like, OMG, like, you know, <laughs> so we're looking yeah. at each other like this is really happening. Mm -hmm. And so um, it created another belief that I do have the power to co-create my life. I love that. Mm. And it just and to see it unfolding day after day after day. And even still, mm -hmm. it's just it's done something to me that I, I don't want to go back. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go back. That is so cool too. It's 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 the I don't want to go back to the old me. I want to keep moving forward. And you said something. I think it was before we started recording, but you said somebody. I think it was your mom. Maybe even said you're not the same person, and you 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 have transformed. And and I like what did she see if she if she shared that with you? Like what has she seen in that transformation? Like how are you different? Yes, it was my mom and several other friends actually in the, you know, in the community. Um, she's like, I saw a transformation happening hmm. over the, you know, internet from the pictures and the videos. And she was like, you have this different inner glow about you. And that's what I heard from everybody. Like you're glowing differently. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can tell something shifted in you. 
She was like, you know, the way that you were handling yourself, the things that you were doing, she was like, it was just a totally different look in your eye. And she was like, you look the happiest you've ever Mm -hmm. been. You looked at peace. She was like, and then there was something, she said, we saw it unfolding. And that's what people kept Mm -hmm. saying. We saw it unfolding. And I'm like, I'm saying, they're like, nope. We saw from post to post to post Mm. that something was different, that you were growing in a different way. And I was like, hmm. And then I thought about it and it was the personal growth in me. My perspective was changed. My eyes were open. I was seeing things that maybe I had a preconceived idea about and I saw it differently. And I'm like, very cool. "Mm, Nope. Mm-mm. It's not what I thought. It's not what majority of people think. I see something else going on here. Yeah. And I just saw the beauty. And and I before I went over there, let me say this. Um, I didn't want to go with any preconceived ideas. What I asked God for was, I said, show me what you want me to see. Mm-hmm. Show me what I need to see. Yeah. And so a lot of times I think that I saw past the obvious and um, was able to see the beauty even in something like poverty. Yeah, yeah. And really see the people for who they were, not just a situation. Yeah. And that just really drew me to them. And, mm. um, you know, I just say poverty is poverty everywhere. This is something that came to me while I was there. Poverty mm. is poverty everywhere. You know, we like to glamorize our poverty while we just, you know, really kind of like, oh, look at them. We're a first world country. They're a third world country. Yet we have the same problems. In the end, who are we really to talk about someone else in that way? You know? And so the other thing that came to me while I was there was that aid without mindset change and skill building creates dependency and poverty. Wow, that is profound. And I saw that. Hmm. We create this handout mentality. We put these things in place while we're not giving them the tools that they need to create on their own, Mm -hmm. to build their confidence and their skills using the things that they have. Innovation and creativity is so important over there. But we don't give that to them. We give Mm -hmm. them handouts. And then we say, oh, we did so much for these people. Well, you're actually doing more harm. Yeah, in the long sure. run, then good, because now the nation can no longer stand on itself because all it knows is dependency. Yeah. And then you wonder why it's taking so long for them to get there, yeah. because you're not giving them what they need. You're giving what they really need. You're giving them what you think they need, which is food or whatever, which they need yeah. that, too. But in addition, there's a whole nother side that has to be developed. Yeah. And we're not doing a good job of that. So we have to be able to help them to change their mindset and their their thinking, their way of thinking, so that they can then help themselves and grow themselves. And I, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what happened to you. You changed your mindset. So then, and 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 it's really more about I think living from the inside out rather than from the external circumstances in, because so often we think that. We, we want something, so that means we've got to do something um, so that we can you know be something and have something, but we've, we've got to flip that around. We've got to be something first. It's a be, do, have. And um, I, I'm, so I'm kind of curious, 
I, I, I have a sense, but my guess is, is that the people that you met probably had an internal joy despite their poverty that was probably remarkable. I, and I'm just guessing based on kind of what I, I saw on your posts and just, you know, what I, what I sense, I, I'm just kind of curious if that's what you saw too. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, yeah. over there, there are kids and we used to be those kids when I was growing up. So whatever, <laughs> but you know, it's little, little boys on the, on the side of the road. And, um, you know, they had on the little clothes and it was, it's muddy out there, all the red clay and dirt and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but it had rained. And so there was a puddle on the side of the road and they had buckets and they would go to the puddle and they would fill up their buckets and they had these rags and stuff and people would come and bring their motorcycles. And they were washing these motorcycles with this puddle water oh, and they man. were drying them. And those things were sparkling. And those little boys, three, four, five years old, were able to, to earn money, to take home, to do it. But they were laughing and happy <laughs> and dancing in the process. And mm. people weren't taking advantage of it. They were giving the, the boys the money that, that they earned. Sure. And so we see it like that all the time. Oh, poor them. But mm. they are really building character they're learning how to make money on their own using the resources that they have mm -hmm. i saw people without uh wheelchairs and they created these mobile vehicles i'll call them vehicles you know sure. yeah um that were like um wheelchairs and you know they would use a bicycle thing if they had one hand and they would use that and wow. it, it was just crazy <laughs> the stuff that i saw how innovative they were with what yeah. they had and how majority of people were happy even mm. in their current circumstance you know they now that's not everybody sure. but these are the things that i saw that there's still yeah. beauty mm -hmm. in those people there's beauty in poverty there's beauty everywhere we look if we choose to look for it yeah. And we can capitalize on that. Those little mm -hmm. kids that have that spark, let's teach mm -hmm. them another skill. If you're working that hard, that young, yeah. let me give you something else. You have the drive, the determination already. Characters being built. Let's take that and do something else. But yes, it was, um, I saw so much beauty even in that. And they were so happy. And and they're so giving. And they will give you the last piece of rice they have. Wow. And don't don't try to refuse it. Take it because they're such hospitable people wow. and it was just beautiful it was so beautiful so much to learn i think from you know from that from that experience if 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 you were to categorize a theme of the change that happened over that six-week period while you were over in africa and you um you experienced what what would that theme be and you know how is it how has it kind of changed the way you're living right now so Mike Leitner gave me this yesterday or oh, yesterday yeah. or the day before Monday. And as I was talking to him about it, he said, Ooh, the title of your book is going to be sweeping change. Uh, and um, I had another title, but I'm going to combine them or whatever. But her story, I'm gonna go back to my friend, Nigel. Her name is Nigel Tongik. Um, her story, her honesty and openness in her story created this sound, this buzz in ways people had never talked about. Hmm. The child marriages, the traumas, 
the violence, the um, dowry systems, the, Mm -hmm. and then the other side of it was she told her story coming from the eyes or through the lens of a South Sudanese woman. Our biggest audiences were South Sudanese men. Really? Inadvertently, by telling that story, it exposed the other side of what was going on. And although the men were benefiting from a patriarchal society, they too were being forced into marriages. They too were losing girlfriends and, and you know potential mates because they did not have the money to hmm. pay the dowry for their their wives. And you know they still have older men, women. There's a lot of things that go on over there. But um, and not to say they're any worse than ours. They're different. Um, but they would have other people who could afford it. Okay. And they would, the families would arrange these marriages and they were being largely affected. And that's trauma. They're also yeah. a war-torn country. It's the newest country in I mean, in the world, 11 years old. Um, yeah. You know, and they've gone through wars and we look at it like it's such bad, but we went through several wars, even yeah. in our own country, in the infancy of this, this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's to be expected. But the people there now, they were born in war. They grew up in war. They're still having, you know, issues. And so it highlighted the compounding trauma that the entire country and it's, you know, people, communities all over the world have experienced. Yeah. And so it was really this roar that happened mm-hmm. and people stood up. And I remember one event, you know, women typically don't say anything. They sit in the background. They just kind of let the men take it. And the youth and the women stood up and they said, you guys had your time. It's time for me. It's time for you to listen to this generation and what our issues are. It's time for you to hear us women because we have something to say. We will not give you the mic. And they didn't. And I was like, wow. So it was this roar that happened all over East Africa as a result of her telling her truth, just being honest. And everybody says, and that's my story as well. That's why it's Mm. called the I Am Nyatonyik Foundation, because- we realized it was no longer just her story, but she was so many other people as well. And so all of them are dealing with the same issues. She was just bold and courageous enough to to open up and talk about it publicly, Mm -hmm. you know, airing her dirty laundry and knowing that she was gonna be judged and criticized and everything. Um, And so, but that gave other people the boldness to do the same. So now we have a lot of emerging writers who are also telling their stories, men and women, as a result. So, yeah. Wow. And and all of that began when you said, yes, I will write your book. I will write your story. That, yes. I'm going to cry, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Yes. That's so cool. And I think that's so powerful when we say yes to our dream, when we say yes to our giftings, when we say yes to the things that God put us on the earth to do, look what can happen. I mean, you can change a nation just by one yes. One yes. And David, that was the the a big thing. You know, every time we asked, when I told you we would sit in our room or on the balcony, and every time we would ask something, the phone would ring or somebody would say something, I, I looked at her one day and I took, I said, you know what? It's <laughs> as if God has been waiting on us to ask and to say yes. Like 
he's putting all these things that he just wanted us to say yes. Mm. He wanted us to put a demand on him, you know, Matthew yeah. 7 and 7, ask, seek, knock. And he's yeah. waiting for us to do these things so that he can bless us. But we're just wow. too scared. And yeah. so I told her the other day, we were on the phone and I said, you know, all these things that we thought were so crazy. I said, when I look at them now, they've actually happened and they're actually not crazy at all. Not at and you couldn't tell me a year ago that this would be what was happening, that you can change a nation by book, That's you know, amazing. and change yeah. laws. They actually, two of the governors, um, implemented laws that eliminated child marriage while we were there. Well, one while we were there and one just after we left as a result of some of this stuff. And um, so you couldn't tell me that that would happen. And so she says, let's get crazier. And I said, yes. (laughs) Yes. You said yes "Yes again. Let's get crazier. So and and we did. And things are still happening. Some things I can't talk about right now. But yeah. OMG. Amazing. the power of yes. You know, that's probably what this episode is going to be called, the power of yes, because, you know, in a lot of ways, when we say yes to our dreams, when we say yes to our God-given giftings, we're unleashing a power, a co-creation power that we don't even know um, how how strong that is and, and how big that is and 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 i i hope those of you who are listening and watching are feeling the emotion that i'm feeling and 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 are inspired too by camille's story and by her yes because i think that too many of us have been saying no to our dreams we've been saying no because we're afraid we've been saying no because we're scared and and we don't know what we don't know and we don't know the beauty the 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 things that we can change the world that we can change by just saying yes and so i i hope you're inspired by by this conversation as inspired as i am i I don't get too emotional on these conversations too often but this this is a, a an amazing and powerful conversation and i'm i'm very very moved and um I'm I'm so excited, Camille, that you said yes. I'm so glad and grateful that you said yes. And I'm grateful that you said yes to come back on here and share your story because I, I, I know that you're going to inspire and move other people um, to say yes to their dreams. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I appreciate you having me on a second time. And you know, I'm on my way back again um, in the next couple of weeks. Are so, you? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't oh I haven't told many people, but I finally yeah. got the the okay. And so I'm going back over there to do some more work and oh, um to to really see where else we can help out and yeah. um in in with this foundation what we can do for the other people. So yeah, I'll yeah. be out of here in about mm, a good three, four weeks. Nice, nice. Well, tell everybody how they can get to know this nonprofit, this foundation um, that you've you've put together and you're supporting. Um, to tell everybody how to you know get in touch with that. Yes, yeah, so it's called the I Am Nya Tongyik Foundation. Again, after my friend, her name is Nigel Tongyik Deloin, and um, so we are really 
advocating for women's rights over there, girl child education. Mm. Um, she provides and partnered with Bamsey Hospital before um, a number. She's also a nurse by trade. Um, so partnered with a lot of different organizations to provide free, no cost mental health uh, counseling, family counseling, trauma counseling. Um, also some, we, we do um, scholarships for youth in East Africa and diaspora uh, who can't afford, you know, to get their education, but to help them out. So we do uh, scholarships that way as well. Um, what else? There's so much going on. So, you yeah. know, she has an online training pro uh, platform as well, where she does preventative training for them, all kinds of different things that they may not have access to. And uh, there's quite a few people that come on, thousands of people that are on that page. And it's called the I Am Nyatongi page. And so um, we will be coming out her website, www.iamnyatongi.com. And uh, we'll have our donation page up there for the foundation. Um, it's based out of Texas, 501c3 organization. Awesome. And um, yeah, so we're excited for what we're going to be able to do for all of these young folks, not just the women. I mean, not just the girls, even though girl child education is super important. We realize that educating girls educates, you know, will, will uh, progress a nation. Um, but it's also the women so that they can help those young people. You know, it's mm. hard when you go home, kids have homework. They don't, parents can't read, you know, 91% yeah, of the, the female population over there is illiterate. Mm. And we're really trying to change that, um, through, uh, advocating for literacy and in the youth and even in the women as well. So mm. we will be launching a fundraiser here very, very soon to help with the literacy, to build some women's centers and youth centers, libraries and things like that. So we can use all the support that we can get. It's the youngest nation and they need a lot of help and I'm here for it. So I love that, Camille. Yeah. So uh, we will make sure that we have links to all of that uh, in our show notes. So um, if you, you, you want to be able to participate and and get involved. Um, we'll have links to those to those websites and uh, those pages because we want to make sure that we allow everybody who's listening to to support you and everything that you're you're working on. Uh, one other quick thing. So, are a are you taking projects for writing? And if so, how can people get in touch with you? Because I, I know that that's uh, something that uh, people will want to know as well. Yes. Yes. So I am taking writing projects. Um, okay. This I'm pretty much booked until um, the end of November. Um, and then I'll take new projects after that. But my website is called Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, the number two, growhigher.com. Um, I'm Camille Thomas on Facebook. It's K-A-M-I-L-L-E and T-H-O-M-A-S. Um, but Aspire to Grow Higher is my website. You can contact me there. You can book a call. You can schedule a meeting and the whole nine. And um, yeah, so all of my writing is um, on that page. It's called I Write Write. It's my press kit. So if you go in there, uh, you'll awesome. be able to find me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Camille, thank you for sharing today. Thank you for just um, sharing your journey. And I think I just say thank you too for saying yes, because you've inspired me. I mean, I really uh, am inspired and um, yeah, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but boy, I, I'm really um, just enthralled by your story. So thanks for sharing it. Thank you again for allowing me the opportunity to do so. It was a very transformative experience. And um, like you said, I hope somebody's inspired to go live out their dream as well. So it right can happen. Now. Absolutely. I hope this story of growth was as impactful for you as it was for me. 
You know, when the words came out of my mouth that it was the power of Camille's yes that created a roar across the nation of South Sudan, I just knew that that was going to be of this episode. And saying yes to a dream can have a ripple effect across the world. And I want to just highlight a couple of things that I heard Camille say that I thought was really important to remember as we all go through our own personal growth journey. She, she, she said this phrase, um, she said, it was difficult and I wanted to quit. How often do we want to quit when life gets difficult, when our growth gets difficult? But she kept pushing through because she said that people around her pulled her through. She said, people around me pulled me through. And then she became a different Camille. She said, people were saying that I'm not the same Camille. I thought that was really impactful and powerful as well. The other thing that she said that I think is really important for us to remember, and and that is that this realization that she can create anything. She has the power to co-create. And I think those of us who, who do believe in God, I believe that God is just waiting for us to co-create with him. And in her words, he's waiting for us to say yes. <laughs> and, and, and I thought that through this process, it was really cool to be able to hear her say that as she saw things over in Africa, that her perspective changed. And so I guess I just want to ask you, what are you waiting to say yes to? And, you know, just deep down, deep down, if you're really, really honest with yourself, what do you know that you need to say yes to? You know, I want to encourage you to do what Camille did. She invested in coaching. She also invested in community and she invested in co-creating her future. I want to encourage you to do the exact same thing. Invest in yourself. Invest in coaching. Invest in community. Invest in co-creating your future. Keep growing, my friends, and keep saying yes to your dream. And until next time, be well.